Hello everyone, and this is episode 6 of uh, season 3 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, Jess Robinson, and today uh, is a little bit different. We're shaking up the order again, and um, we're in, we're going to start with Psalm 42, because Psalm 42 was, it kind of speaks to different areas in the daily reading in both Deuteronomy and the book of Luke um, that I'm going to highlight. You know, there's several parts of the book of Luke that we have talked about in, in previous podcasts. So I'm just kind of picking out things that really kind of speak to my spirit, you know, because we've had kind of a foundation laid. And, you know, as we go on with this podcast, you know, in the you know time to come, you know, whenever, you know, however the Lord leads me, you know, we'll, we'll set up more things, you know, cause there's so much, you know, every year the Bible speaks to me differently, you know, because we're always continually being changed and, you know, being refined by the Lord. And so we're going to start in Psalm 42 and I just love this Psalm. It's one of my favorite Psalms. And it says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. So... You know, when we think about it, you know, like, you know, we're told by health officials that, you know, even like with this COVID-19, that you're supposed to stay hydrated. And, you know, water is essential in our body. You know, we can go without food and, you know, for quite, for quite some time, but, Water is so essential in our body. You know, we dehydrate and, you know, like I know I have to drink a lot of water in in my body to, to keep it healthy. And when I get dehydrated, I can tell uh, because my mind, you know, I get a lot of headaches. I end up not sleeping well, um, you know, and I end up gaining more health problems if I don't drink enough water. And so it's so essential for life. And when you also think about water and you look at plants, plants need water and sunlight to, to survive. And, you know, and if you deprive them long enough without water, they'll just die. And so, you know, and it's the same way with God, you know, our, you know, God and his presence are essential for, for satisfaction and wholeness of life. When you think about it, you know, as I've, I've told people, you know, I don't drink alcohol anymore. And as I've, you know, walked away from drinking alcohol in my life, um, I just don't have that craving anymore to drink it. It's being satisfied by the presence of the Lord in my life, you know, and believers, you know, true believers 
who are getting in this word, they're going to hunger and thirst for God and his grace, his blessing and supernatural activity in their lives. You can see, you know, how, you know, how somebody's relationship with the Lord is based on, you know, what they hunger for. And, you know, he should be the first and foremost lives, you, you know, in, in our lives. You know, when you think about, you know, you can see somebody who, if they put everything else in their life and kind of God is just set aside, you can see how their life is going. When, you know, you stop thirsting for God, you're going to die spiritually you know, so we should not allow anything to diminish our intense desire for the things of God. So, you know, essentially, like we go back to the book of Deuteronomy, which we read today, and um, when we go into the book of Deuteronomy, you know, there's all the, he's talking about idols, and, you know, essentially, you know, an idol in our lives is, is something that comes before God continually. And for every person, it can be different. You know, an idol can actually be too what you fear, you know, ex- because you're focusing on that thing more than God. You know, for example, you know, like I was talking with a coworker about this. And she had listened to a missionary of the weekend. And she said, you know, you think about it, you know, fit and fear can be this idol, you know, because it causes you to get two jobs and then you're physically drained and you don't want to read your word and you're not, you know, having any time to be in your word because you're always working. You know, it can be, um, you know, your job could even be your own idol. You may not have two jobs, but you have one job and you're continually working and not taking time to be in your Bible. You're not taking time to be in prayer. You're not taking time to go to church on Sunday and be with other believers. That in essence is, is your idol, you know, and you're always focused about, well, we have to make ends meet. We have to make ends meet. That's an idol, you know, when you're sitting there going, we have to make ends meet because you're allowing that to become part of your focus. It doesn't say, you know, you can't, you know, sit there and figure out your finances when you get your paycheck. There's nothing wrong with that, especially if you're budgeting. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you start putting th- that above God, that is when um, it's an idol. You know, it can be technology. You know, think about how many hours you spend on Facebook. I remember a friend of mine went ahead and got one of those apps where like it watches like all that you do. And they realized how much of their time was actually being wasted just casually scrolling through Facebook, you know, because it's a time waster, you know, or being on the internet, just reading the news all the time, you know, you know, I just challenge you to sit down and just kind of think of your time commitments and think about what you're doing throughout the day and how much you're spending. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, cleaning a house. You know, when I'm cleaning the house, I have, you know, you can worship while 
cleaning your house. You can have God in in that area while you're doing dishes, while you know you're cleaning your refrigerator, when you're doing laundry, when you're doing yard work. Yes, you can have the Lord's presence in that because you know you can be listening to a podcast, you know, about God. You could be listening to your worship music. You know, you could be having a minister on and listening to to them preaching the word, or you can even have an audio Bible out. There are people that do that, and I do it on occasion. You know, I have the audio Bible out, and I'm listening to it as as I'm working on a task in the house. You know, so kind of things like that. You know, think about you know your your time commitments, and maybe. Yeah, how can I add God into this? Can I play worship music while I'm doing this? But also think about the ones that are time wasters, you know, that that could actually be replaced with being in your Bible, taking time to pray, you know, um, and, and being still before the Lord. You know, think about that. You know, just think about the little things that could be idols in your life. It could be even, even an idol can be food. You know, I know my, my grandmother, what her biggest problem was, and my grandma came from a house that, um, her, her family got a divorce. Her dad was a womanizer and they, him, my my great grandfather and my great grandmother got a divorce. My great grandmother was kind of a partier, and so my grandma, you know, being kind of the oldest, she had to raise, you know, her siblings because they were living with their dad, you know, and their dad, you know, he, you know, my great grandfather was a, a police officer, and he was, he had a lot of shifts during the day or at the night. It just depended. And so my grandma, who, you know, and the older siblings had to take care of the younger siblings. And she would be stressed out. And she started what was called, you know, stress eating. And throughout her life, she struggled with that, with stress eating throughout her life. Because, and it kind of became an, an idol for her. Now, as she got older, it, it started and she was getting really close to the Lord. It stopped as she, and she had to watch what she eat, ate as well after she was um, diagnosed with congestive heart failure because you have to watch your salt intake. You have to make sure you have water and enough water intake in your, in your body and, you know, just being careful what you eat, you know, to protect your heart, um, eating heart healthy foods. And, and vegetables and stuff to to protect your heart but you know look in your diet you know how much are you eating fast food I mean this whole thing with COVID-19 this is the longest we've gone without eating McDonald's or any fast food and the only thing we really miss restaurant wise was the coffee shop where we you know get you know an ice mocha from or hot mocha during the winter, and uh, we missed our our favorite, you know, Mexican restaurant. That and you know we were sad. You know we're like, yeah, we do miss it because, and they use fresh food, and, you know, vegetables and everything's fresh in their restaurant. You know, and and so it's like we kind of miss that, 
but we don't miss McDonald's. We don't miss Arby's. And it's made us realize that maybe, you know, some of our, our diet was not living in accordance with God. So, you know, look into that, you know, just like, you know, the Lord made them to get rid of idols. If you're finding an idol in your life, get rid of it. You know, you may have to not have a Facebook for a while. I know my husband, he was into Facebook a lot when we got together and then he, he got off of Facebook and he, he's totally content, but he has to watch himself based on his personality because he can actually be so much engrossed in like video games, books that he could spend hours upon hours in like in a book or in a video game and and not spend time with God or even me. So that's just something that you need to look into as well, you know, as we see in the book of Deuteronomy and then, you know, getting into the word, craving for the word, you know, it's talking about in the book of Deuteronomy that stood out to me about not adding or taking away from the word. You know, we, you know, you see some religions out there that have more than just the Bible. And I just want to say that's adding to, you know, to the word. And a lot of it is actually, it you know, it contradicts God's word. And so you have to be very careful. I know some of it, you know, in some religions with some of the the books that they have that it was books that was considered for the Bible, but didn't get into the Bible, but there's a certain criteria. And I can't tell you that criteria. I'm haven't gotten through that in my classes yet. So I will let you know when I know that, but you know, we shouldn't be adding or taking away. We should just take the word as it says. And and just hungering and thirsting for God. And, you know, we should have a heart that prays our longing for God's presence to be strengthened. And that the our love for the full manifestation of the Holy Spirit might be greater. To see the fullness of, of Christ's kingdom and, and righteousness, you know, to flourish. You know, we have that heart to see God's kingdom grow and and as you get that you know because you're crucifying you have to crucify I was like watching this uh, video today with with John Bevere where he was talking about you know as God was was putting him through a time of of holiness the impurities in his life like he noticed he was like very agitated very angry and he was like god what is wrong with me and god was telling him you know these these are impurities and he had to crucify these these impurities these sins in his life learning to crucify that and i think as we go through our walk yes those are going to manifest because the Holy Spirit is, is working in our lives to help us to crucify sin and become more Christ-like. And so, 
and that we we should have this passion to cry out for him day and night you know especially in times of drought you know when we feel like god isn't there when we feel like he's not answering our prayers when we think that his promises are so far away or that they're never going to happen those are times of drought and that we may feel in our in our relationship with god but God is seeing if we're going to draw near. And that's how we should be. We should be drawing near, hungering for him and such a move of him in those times. And allowing his word to change us. Allowing his Holy Spirit to just to continue to change us. And then it, there's this line saying, you know, my soul is downcast within me. You know, why? I love this whole thing about why are you downcast on my soul? You know, this really spoke to me because, you know, when we're thirsting for God and yearning for a greater manifestation of his presence, we may experience delay, you know. Um, You know, we think a lot of times that everything's just going to happen, you know, instantly. As I've talked in past podcasts, we live in a, a society that is right now. You know, we see our phones, they, it's right now. Our, our restaurants are, are right now kind of deal. And we are so impatient when we have to wait. And there's going to be times, you know, with God's promises in our lives that we're going to have a, a, a time of waiting, you know. And, and it may feel like that it's not going to happen because we're going to come across opposition and we're going to come across these mountains in our lives. And we're sitting here going, okay, God, why, you know, why, you know, and you know, why? And, and, and are, is this really true? We may wonder that, but God is working in our lives through these times of waiting, he's refining us getting us ready for the promise that is going to be fulfilled. And, and, you know, as I've told, I, you know, I tell my husband, you know, we don't have to strive for where God is going to place us. You know, we do have to wait patiently, but we don't have to strive. We just have to allow God to, to form us and shape us into who he wants us to be. And we see, you know, in this time, um, you know, a a lot of weight is just acting, you know, living in faith, even though we don't see, you know, what's going to happen the next day, even though we don't know how it's going to end, or, you know, we don't know if this, when this promise is going to be fulfilled, when this healing is going to come in our lives, you know, whatever your situation may be, we have to live out in faith and obedience to everything that God tells us to do, you know, and how to live out our lives, to continue reading his word, to continue praying and, and going to church and living separate and holy for the Lord, you know, as, you know, the Israelites, you know, he was telling them about, 
you know, they were to, even when they get the land, they are to continue living set apart and holy. It didn't just mean that just because you get what was promised doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want afterwards. No, you have to continue living as I've told you to live. And, and so, but I want to jump into the book of Luke and what really stood out to me the most, you know, and we see all these healings and a lot of them, it was an act of faith. You know, these, these people, you know, but the one that really spoke out to me was, you know, Jesus, he, he goes out and he, he teaches the people out from this water. And I've, I've talked about in a past podcast, but I'll reiterate it again, but it's been proven you know, there in Israel, they've done it at this same lake where they go out on a boat and the way the land is shaped out there and the way the water is, if you put out to boat, it's like, and, and Jesus started speaking, it was a natural microphone for, uh, for him so that these large crowds could hear him. So that's really, really neat. And to see that, that kind of, you know, Jesus knew go out on the water for, for a microphone and, but he comes across Simon and these, these Simon, who's a fisherman, which is Simon Peter. And, you know, they've been out fishing all night and haven't caught anything. Uh, it's been proven that they would go fishing at night because the fish are more active at night. And so they were fishing and didn't catch anything. And so when Jesus finishes speaking, you know, he tells Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon's response is, you know, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. You know, he could have ended there. He could have ended there because when you think about it, you know, that's how we are. You know, God, will, you know, right before the promise is going to come through or whatever may your situation may be, God will sometimes speak to you what to do before it's supposed to happen and you you could have this attitude of well I've done everything you know I've prayed I've went before the altars I've you know went to counseling you know you could have this attitude you know or I've applied to this job over and over again and they've always denied me but God just tells you one more time do this you know Simon didn't stop there. He says, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. That was a big act of faith for Peter to let down those nets. Even though he caught nothing, he may have been discouraged. He may be wondering, how am I going to put food on the table? And we know, you know, in the previous section, you know, his mother-in-law had been healed. So he must have, there must have been just a little bit of faith just seeing that his mother-in-law was healed. 
to put down that net. And because of that, there was all these fish that they catch. And that's what we have to do. We still have to act out in faith and and do what the Lord tells us, even though we don't see what is happening, you know, even though we may have gone through so much, you know, disappointment and discouragement because we haven't seen a promise fulfilled or we haven't gotten that dream jaw that the Lord placed on our hearts. We, you know, have been mistreated in our, in, you know, in, in our homes, in our marriage. We may feel like that, but the Lord just tells us to continue to live out in faith and it comes through. And we see, you know, Simon Peter, he, he goes and his reaction is, He's repentant and he, he falls at Jesus's knees and, you know, he's like, Lord, you know, go away from me. You know, I'm, I'm a sinful man. And, you know, he's, he's torn at the heart and, and the Lord just speaks to him. You know, Jesus, you know, says to him, don't be afraid from now on, you will catch men. And he takes Simon as his, as his disciple. And, you know, we, we know, you know, Simon Peter becomes one of the great apostles. You know, his life is radically changed. And it all just starts with that, where he ends up out of faith, dropping a net, you know, and, and sees this huge catch. And he also sees his mother-in-law healed. I think his life was radically changed and that there was a hunger that began to form in Peter to know this man even more and in all of that. And we see, you know, such faith rising up in people, you know, the, the man with leprosy, you know, he was not to come within the crowd, but he comes You know, he's not supposed to go near somebody who's clean, but he comes out of faith going, you know, begging, you know, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus's heart is saying, you know, I'm willing, I'm willing. And that's the thing about it is that Jesus is willing to heal us, you know, and God's promises are yes and amen. We just have to say yes to it and receive it you know and he was willing to heal the paralytic and um this this was such faith you know they they couldn't get in but they're like okay we can tear through this straw and mud to get him down there that was such faith on their their part that they were willing to do what they could to get to this man to Jesus. And I want to just point out, you know, there was doubt and we've talked about this, but um I just want to point out that that stands out in Luke at the beginning before this this paralytic comes in. It says in the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. You know, we think that God is far away. He's not. He's right here in his 
power is there, right there. He's ready. He's willing to heal. You know, we think that we have to muster up everything to to get a church service, to, to have some kind of revival. God's there. We just have to have this hope and heart with faith and, and you know, welcome him to move. You know, and be willing to receive what he wants to, you know, for, you know, wants for our lives. And, but there was doubt. These, these religious leaders bound up their hearts in doubt and disbelief. And we see that Jesus couldn't really do anything in, in past other gospels we've read. He wasn't able to do anything other than heal this paralytic man. And the presence, but the presence of the Lord didn't leave him. And I just want to say, you know, because I lived that way where, you know, I went from one church in, you know, where the presence of God is just moving. And then I move into Laramie and there, I just felt nothing. And I sat there, I'm like, God, where are you? You know, and I felt like, did we make a mistake? Did we make a mistake? And I was discouraged. But I'm like, I got to keep staying here because I have to support my husband. He wants to be here to get his degree. And it just was so hard to be in this church. And I was watching a, a sermon you know, I was watching other stuff, you know, continuing to be spiritually fed myself. And, you know, the pastor that was speaking, you know, spoke to my heart at, you know, when I was watching it, you know, he's like, you may feel like the presence of God is, is, is not in the church, but it doesn't mean that he's not there with you and that, you know, It's not up to this building to manifest God's presence. God's presence is already there. It's the hearts that that are open and willing. And I think, you know, in these days, especially with COVID-19, people go, oh my gosh, church buildings are, are shut down. How can God move? And I'm just, and I know I keep saying this over and over if you've been listening to these podcasts, but it's... It's vital to know that God's presence, the Holy Spirit, is not tied to a building. He's not tied to one place. You know, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, He goes with you wherever you go. And the power is there waiting, you know, for you to to welcome it in and to move in. You know, and we see that in the book of Acts, that even though persecution arose and all these believers are scattered from the, you know, the, the believers from the early church, they were scattered, but the Holy Spirit was with them and they went everywhere they went proclaiming the, the gospel. And there was people, you know, Samaria, different places that weren't on the apostles initial list to go preach the gospel to. They were just fine and dandy was staying in Jerusalem at that time. And and the Holy Spirit said, no. Eh. 
It's not saying God caused the persecution. And I'm not saying God caused COVID-19. He didn't cause coronavirus. We live in a fallen world. But God can take a situation that was meant, you know, for our harm. And he can turn it for good. And I think that is something we need to take away from this. And I continue to tell people, just because you're not in a church building right now doesn't mean that God can't use you. And so I just challenge you to allow this time, one, you know, for you to personally reflect on your life. You know, if you're not working, don't allow, you know, the thought of what am I going to do to put food on the table dwell in your mind. Use this time to just sit before the Lord, to be still and allow him to work for you. You know, pray for him to open up the storehouses and receive it. You know, secondly, pray for God to open your eyes to around what is going on and allow your life to to be changed. You know, allow him to move through you and open up doors for you to to share the gospel to to reach out to people i'm really thinking that there's going to be an expansion and you know god's going to keep you safe he's going to keep you safe when you're doing this so don't worry you know like i was reading of of somebody who was healed of COVID-19. He was struggling. He was alone. He had nobody. And he was thinking he was going to die. And there was a man who was a cleaning guy. He stood at his door. He couldn't come into the room. But he started talking to him. And he told the man about, you know, where he had been. He had been on a missions in, in Africa. And... The things that he saw there and the man, you know, before he left, he said, can I pray for you? And he prayed that he would be healed. And the man that had COVID-19, he said he started turning around for the better after that prayer. He started being healed and he actually was hungering for food. And actually he was he was hungering for Coke and I can't remember what else he was hungering for, but he had a craving for, I know for sure it was a Coke and um, something else. And he was praying, God, if you really care for me, you know, if you love me, you'll provide this. And the same man, the same cleaning man shows up later on another day and he slides a bag and it was the exact items this man was praying for. And he says, this is a gift from the Lord. And so the man's life was changed. And he can do that through through us as well. You know, I, I'm praying for nurses and doctors who know the Lord that, you know, when all else fails, they're going to be praying. They're going to be on their knees praying for these patients. And, and all of that. And, you know, he can use us as well that we can pray around, you know, we may not be able to go into a hospital, but you can for sure pray around. You can be in your car and just drive by 
and pray. You know, whatever the Lord leads you to do, do it. So that's pretty much it that I had for today's episode. Uh, we're I'm going to continue on. And so for the next episode, we're going to do Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse verses 22 through chapter 16, verse 17. And then Psalm 43, verses 1 through 5. Proverbs 8, verses 13 through 16. And then Luke chapter 5, verse 27 through chapter 6, verse 26. And then I'm going to end us off in a prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, God. And we just thank you for your love, for your devotion in our lives. And that, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just begin to move in my heart and all of our hearts today, Lord. Help us to just long for you, to crave for you, Lord. Lord, help to reveal things in our lives that that are not of you, maybe idols, whatever it may be that just is separating us from you, Lord. And I pray that you would just remove these things from us, help us to crucify them, and Lord, and to become more Christ-like. Lord, we just welcome your Holy Spirit to move and that wherever we go, that your presence would just follow us. And that, Lord, we just pray for such a manifestation during this time of your presence. Just come. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come and move in people's hearts and in their lives, Lord. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys. Mm-hmm.